You're listening to Allied Health Podcast, talking all things Allied Health, with your hosts Danielle Whedon, physiotherapist, and Claire Jones, occupational therapist. In this episode of Allied Health Podcast, Claire and I are going to discuss working as a locum therapist in the UK. As you all already know, Claire's an OT by background and I'm a physio, so we're both allied health professionals and we both happened to also early in our careers head to the UK and do the working holiday thing. And this is actually where we met. So traditionally, it's been a rite of passage for Aussies and New Zealanders to head over to the UK and work. And one of the perks of having an allied health qualification is that you can work in your chosen career path and earn really good money while you're at it. Currently, there's still huge demand for Aussie and New Zealand therapists in locum roles across the NHS private practices and local councils in the UK. And obviously, given the COVID situation, there are less therapists heading over there to travel, but we're expecting it to pick up and change in the next six to 12 months as borders reopen. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of an idea of what you need to um, prepare in order to be ready to work as a locum in the UK. So the first thing you need to do is work out if you're actually eligible to work over there. So um, you may have a British passport, in which case um, you're all set to go. Um, Commonly, we see therapists going over on either a youth mobility visa, which, um, which Commonwealth citizens between the ages of 18 and 30 are eligible for. Um, And there is talk at the moment of it increasing to age 35 and also increasing from two years to three years. So that's exciting. Um, And we also see a lot of people head over on um, on an ancestry visa. You also need to gain registration with HCPC. So this is the Health and Care Professions Council. So if you are um, an OT, physio, a speechy, a radiographer, dietitian, biomed scientist and podiatrist, I got them all, I think so, um, you'll need to register with HCPC. Now, it's quite a lengthy written application. It takes around three to six months um, to be processed. It does rely on your university completing part of the application, which can take a bit of time. Um, and it will also cost you, I think, from to gain full registration with HCPC, it costs around about 1400 Australian dollars. Now, in addition to um, applying for your visa and getting registered with HCPC, you'll also need to um, provide us with um, quite a bit of paperwork, um, including um, a, an Australian police certificate and an application for a UK police certificate. Um, but uh, don't be overwhelmed by all of that. We're here to help you uh, every step of the way. So um, Danielle and myself will get you ready um, to with, with all your preparations that you need. We'll assist with all of that um, and then we'll hand you over to our partner company um, over in the UK who will um, find you your locum jobs. So, um, Dan, do you want to talk a little bit about um, grades and the, the grading of... of sure. Um, yep, yep, yep. So there's locums. bandings in the UK for allied health professionals. As a grad, you typically... Uh, allocated as a band five therapist and then band six is for therapists with anywhere between two to three years of postgrad experience band seven is anywhere 
uh, roughly about four to five years postgrad experience with specialist skills and management experience likely. And then band six is um, is uh, more experience again. So, sorry, band eight is more experience again. So, roughly we're seeing band six. So, if you're two to three years out postgraduate, band six therapists are roughly earning anywhere between 24 to 27 pounds per hour. Okay, and um, just a few key pieces of advice. I guess from me, um, it is possible to head straight to the UK after you've graduated, but um, I think the best thing to do is to have at least 12 months' experience before you head over. It's great to just consolidate all your generic skills, um, you know, here in Australia or New Zealand, wherever you might be, um, and become confident with your clinical skills before you head over. Because as locums, you can be dropped in the deep end and you um, you you may not have the amount of supervision and support um, that you would have here in a in a permanent permanent role. So 12 months experience is um, is a minimum amount of experience I recommend for therapists to go over with. Um, allow six to 12 months to get all the preparations done. And um, the other thing is we've got locums available all, o- all over the UK in a variety of special specialties. When you first arrive, given that you don't have any UK experience, it's best to be as flexible as you can be regarding location. So if you arrive in London and say, I, for example, want a hand therapy job um, in Notting Hill, it's going to be difficult to secure that you that role. But if you go over and say, look, I'm I'm happy to travel um, and I'm I'm happy to do just you know, any any sort of general role, you've got more of a chance of um, picking locum work up uh, really quickly. The other benefit of um, working in more regional areas of, of the UK is that um, you're, you've, you're more than likely going to be able to use hospital accommodation with the role that's commonly on offer with, um, with um, locums in more regional areas. So have you got anything to add to that, Dan? No, not really. Um, mainly, like Claire said, about being flexible with clinical specialty and location. Um, and even with the length of time you're available, like when you first mm-hmm. get there, you might say, look, I really only want to do two weeks of work and then I want to travel. I think it, I think you're best to be pretty flexible about how long you want to work for. And also you can save pounds to travel on, um, which is better than the Aussie dollar or the Kiwi dollar. So be flexible about the length of locum you take, the clinical specialty and the location. And I do know heaps of, I was lucky in a couple of my locum roles, but I do know lots of therapists that actually ended up getting uh, rolling locum roles. So they didn't just have two weeks and then that was it. They had, you know, they might've done four to six weeks in a role and then took two weeks of holidays and came back to that same locum role, which most people I know quite enjoyed because it probably wasn't as daunting as studying a new role each time. Yeah, that's what actually happened to me. Um, I secured a locum in a at the Wellington Hospital, actually, um, in St John's Wood in Lo- in London, and I think it was a four week lo- locum, but it ended up rolling on, and I actually ended up leaving that um, locum after a couple of months to come home. Um, it was a really good fit for me. I really enjoyed the team there. I really enjoyed the hospital. I really enjoyed the work, so I just stayed on. So, um, where, where did you start, Dan? Over there, what was your uh, I, I started in London. I mostly worked for sort of a bit over two years in London. Um, yeah, so I started it up in Chase Farm Hospital, which was north north of London, but I was uh, less than 12 months experience. So I took any role I could uh, take and I worked in geriatric rehab 
at Chase Arm Hospital. Like I said, I was living in a really good, I was living in Bayswater, which is central London, a great location. And I loved it because I just jumped on a couple of different tubes, changed stations, got the overland to Enfield. And it was a really big hospital um, hospital group. So I actually met a whole heap of other Aussie and New Zealand and South African therapists that were also working there as locum. So it sort of helped with my network at the time as well. And, um, you know, a big wide world out there of new people. <laughs> and did you, you, you also did quite a bit of community work, didn't you? Yeah. So I, after I did my stints on and off at Enfield, I, at Chase Farm Hospital in Enfield, I ended up securing a locum role in community rehab uh, in West London, in Ealing, at Ealing Day Treatment Centre, which was great because uh, I did community neuro rehab and I was given a car as part of the role, which actually allowed me to, well, navigating London streets was fiddly at the time, but I'm not too bad a driver, so that was good. That's a great perk. I I never had a role that offered a car. It was so good. It was so good. For 18 months or nearly two years, really, I had a car, which just meant I could you know, pop over a couple of hours away to Wales, head to Cardiff with friends or Bristol or we went down to Cornwall or lots of, you know, it's nothing's that far really to get to. So the car was a definite perk uh, as part of the the role. But I did love community. I love the autonomy of community role as well. Um, And then I actually did a a stint I was thinking about the other night. I did a short stint in pulmonary rehab at Ealing Hospital, which is a huge uh, tertiary hospital over there. And that was good too because it was never going to be an area of specialty for me, but I got some experience in it in an established pulmonary rehab program, so that was good also. Mm. So what did you do at Wellington? But then you also worked in Dublin, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I actually started in Dublin. I decided I'd do something different and um, I had a lot of friends working in London um, and I decided that I'd go and start um, working in Dublin and I managed to get an OT role at James's Hospital. It was a bit convoluted at the time because it was a separate registration process, so I had to get registered Dublin being in the Republic of Ireland um, is separate to the UK. So I had to get registered um, in Ireland um, in order to work at James's Hospital, but it was definitely worth it. It was a fantastic experience, lots and lots of fun. Um, and then after a stint there, I made my way down to London to join the pack and um, was living in um, Kilburn. Um, and yeah, as I said, I, I got a locum role at Wellington in next suburb over St John's Wood. So I was I didn't really need a car, Dan, because I was w- walking to work each day. What specialty um, was it? It was acute. It was general acute. Yeah. Um, and the Wellingtons actually got an amazing um, rehab um, rehab unit um, and and an acute unit. And it also it also it takes in a lot of. Um, well, it did when I was working there. It took in a lot of um, injured military personnel from the Middle East. So um, there was a lot of um, really interesting, really interesting work there, really um, very, very different population to what I've been working with in Australia. Again, lots and lots of great clinical skills from from that particular locum it was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's worth doing. It I is think. fun. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I know when I was trying to work out what I was, you know, what I was going to study when I was, you know, 17 and I was looking at pros and cons of a number of things and I I thought, well, if I do, you know, an allied health degree, if I do OT, I'll definitely be able to live and work overseas and I'm so glad I did it. Um, I'm so glad I did it. It was, you know, definitely been a highlight of my my career. 
Yeah, I agree. And we've said, we said it earlier, but really to be able to earn really good money while you're there, you're not, you're not having to earn, you know, base mm-hmm. wages in pubs or do nannying work. I think it is such a perk yeah. to know you can go there and pick up six or eight weeks of work earning really, really good money and travelling on that is, yeah. is great. I actually did. Um, I actually did a clinical placement as an OT um, in London. I, I did a one clinical placement in Vancouver, Canada, and then when I went across to London, and um, I was living, literally living on the smell of an oily rag. And when you say that you had, you know, Bayswater was such a fantastic spot. I remember staying on the floor at a friend's apartment in Bayswater when I was a student. We were all, we all had no money at all, and it was filled with bed bugs. Um, so it's my <laughs> so so saying you know go, then going back as a qualified OT and actually earning good money and and being able to afford to live somewhere without bed bugs that was quite nice and and travel and travel well it's, you had it um, to, you had that to compare it with yeah absolutely so while the student placement in in London and, and Canada they were very interesting and very worthwhile I I really did love working as a professional over there <laughs> much more much more <laughs> yeah. So that's it um, from us. As I say, we've got a great guide to working in the UK. Um, this is just a brief overview. So obviously we haven't gone into detail about everything that you you need to do in order to prepare to work in the UK, but just give us a call, send us an email and um, ask us any questions you want. We're, we're here to help. And as I say, we highly recommend it. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Allied Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Allied Health Podcast. In the show's notes, you'll find links to our free recruitment resources, job opportunities and healthcare marketplace insights. To listen to new episodes, please subscribe via Apple, Google or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give it a five-star rating and review and be sure to tell your therapy colleagues and friends to tune in.